Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And welcome to Dwell, a Cersei Institute podcast for homeschool moms by homeschool moms. I'm Emily Hill, and joining me are Karen Kern and Renee Mathis. Hey, ladies. Hi. Hey, Emily. Hey, Karen. All right. So Christmas, it's this magical time of year that we all love. There is something about this remarkable season of remembering and celebrating that stirs our hearts. Christmas is full of memories and experiences, sometimes happy, sometimes sad, from our own childhoods. And from the time our own children encounter their very first Christmas, we are there as moms creating and participating in this wondrous time with them. As Christians, this observance and celebration is paramount to our keeping of the faith. The incarnation, God become man. This is the hope and healing of nations. And to be given the opportunity each year to remember and celebrate the nativity of our Lord, this is a gift. So because this season is so paramount to our faith, I've always thought it fun to ask friends and family all about their traditions for Christmas. And I've encountered such lovely ideas from others. And our own family has benefited from this sharing of ideas and books and recipes, occasions, traditions, observances, and the like. So today we thought we would just take our short time together and share a conversation about how our different families have observed and celebrate this holy feast. So this is a fun conversation because who doesn't like to talk about Christmas? And for those of you who know me, it will come as no surprise um, to hear that I, I do actually have an entire Google Doc with Christmas plans and traditions and ideas all listed out. I'm not going to bore you with all of this. Honestly, I do it because I literally forget year to year what we have done. My kids, however, remember, and they love the things we do year after year. So I just wanted to hear from Karen and Renee today, and we'll just share a conversation of what Christmas looks like 
um, in our homes. And we'd love to hear from y'all as well um, on the Facebook of what are your Christmas traditions? And um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a few things in particular that maybe you guys can throw out there. That would be a huge help to our homeschool community. So we'll just start off with this. Of, um, let's start with traditions. All right. What was a tradition in your home that happened every year? All right. I'll, I'll jump in. Um, our tradition, a tradition that we did every year from the time the kids were young until these days still is our gingerbread house contest. And it has grown over the years. It used to just be that we would get a couple of the little kits and the kids would use the kits to put together the houses and they might do it in pairs. They might have a friend over, but usually there might've been like three houses going and it probably took about an hour and one was over we would choose different well there were different categories of how of um how you could win but and would pick a winner and um and then as they got older and more creative and they brought in more friends or boyfriends girlfriends um it got to be bigger and more gingerbread houses and more um elaborate styles and their personalities came into it and there was some humor like the year somebody did a Christmas town and there was a car accident on the road of this house and they used ketchup for blood. I, I don't even, I don't even know what that was, about. it was hilarious. Um, and then somebody did a Green Bay Packers stadium one time and somebody did a cabin and they, they lit some kind of a candle inside it so that when it was time for judging, there would be smoke coming out. But then of course the icing started to melt. So it all collapsed in on itself. And then there was one time somebody did like some kind of ocean scene and they used blue jello with goldfish in it. And then a few days after, like it all started to get moldy. So that one had to go in garbage soon. But there are so, so many ideas that people could just shine with their own creativity. And um, they, the awards ceremony got more elaborate. And now, you know, the grandchildren want to get in on it. So it's kind of almost starting, starting over again, but it's really fun. It can be a, a lot of mess, um, kind of a lot of money if you start to add in extra candy and things, but it's worth the fun, the fun of it. And and some of the kids have kept their little certificates over time They're, you know, in, in boxes of their special stuff that's probably in our garage somewhere. So fun tradition. So you still do this. It's just, just yeah. continues on. Yeah. Yep. And like moving Still on to the grandkids. That, so I feel like the next generation, when you're going back to little bitty kids, you're starting like yeah. at square one again. Of I know. Like the, little, a, the little tiny It's kids. a little more mass. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. What about in your home, Renee? Um, well, the more I think about it, um, I think I'm going to change my tradition from what I told you. Um, so one thing, we didn't do this every year, but um, we did do it a couple of years. I, I I know, I know I remember doing it several years and that was to give kids um, their new pajamas on Christmas Eve so that when they woke up on Christmas morning, they looked all cute and fresh in their, their brand new PJs. And, um, and we did that one year and took a picture of all five of them and their little red plaid pajamas and it was adorable. And then um, a few years ago, so I would say it was probably 20 years after the, maybe 25 years after the original photo, um, we recreated the picture, which was hilarious. I gave them all brand new adult size red plaid pajamas 
<laughs> they figured out what was going on and and we redid that, which was, was great. So I highly recommend if you have a fun family Christmas picture and your kids are older, that's going to be a fun thing to do. But um, I also was thinking about just our tradition of decorating the tree every year, you know, beyond the tradition of untangling the beads and trying to get the, the basic pieces on. But it just seems like every time we put the tree up, we go, you know, well, here's our little teddy bear. We have a teddy bear on the top. I know a lot of people do stars or angels, but we do a teddy bear and, and he's there every year. Um, we also have that one ornament that is just crazy weird looking and, and we just get a kick out of it every year. And when the kids come over, they want to see where that particular ornament is. I'll, I'll tell you, it's just bizarre. It's, 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 it's this stylized kind of Santa Father Christmas looking thing, but it looks like he's wearing a skirt. And, and it's like Santa's wearing a mini skirt. And I think it's just supposed to be his coat that was, I mean, it was bizarre looking, but yeah. So there's Santa in a skirt. Um, and then I didn't realize how much the kids were into the whole, you know, ornaments on the tree thing until one year they came home from college and they're like, where'd that ornament come from? Where'd that ornament come from? And I said, well, those are from my students that I teach. And well, they don't go on our tree. <laughs> Oh, okay. So I have a, a little tiny tree in my office and um, I put all my teacher ornaments on that little tree and, and they stay separate and everybody's happy. So yeah, but um, decorating the trees is fun. And here, this is our first Christmas that we're going to be in our new house and we need to figure out what new traditions we're going to get started. Maybe one of the things that I love about this season, when you have children is there is just so much joy in how they hold so um, closely and tightly to what you are creating as a family. And we talked way back in the spring about family stories and, you know, passing that on. And it seems like during the Christmas season, it's so concentrated in that of all of the different things year to year. Like we always do this, you know, the ornaments are like this. Um, to be honest, my husband and I are not like we're not very sentimental and we're not super tradition people, um, much to our children's dismay. So things don't like traditions don't happen intentionally. They happen accidentally. And in our house, we have like, if you did it more than two years, it is a tradition. Like you, you must do it till you die then, because we, we somehow just don't create, you know, I don't know what all of y'all are like, even you listeners, there are some families who, you know, the first Christmas you had a baby, you started a tradition on purpose and you, you must do it. It's like pizza on Christmas Eve or, you know, whatever it is. We are just, my husband's so adventurous that he's always like, let's do something new. Let's do something different. Um, so, but some of those things just three or four years in, you look back and you're like, oh, we've done this every year. It must be a tradition. Um, for us, one of those things is, uh, Christmas caroling. And that just came, that just came up about not intentionally. Um, my dad has a ministry with uh, nursing homes. And so he's invited us several times. And then through our church, we've gone to shut-ins to, uh, to Christmas Carol. And like I said, it wasn't like every year we're going to Christmas Carol, but as that has unintentionally come about, just watching the joy on um, these elderly people's faces when this whole like troop of kids comes in. Um, and it just reminds me of the the joy of serving during the nativity season. Um, and it is, it's such a time that it's, it's, it's challenging with young kids, with all kids of not getting caught up in like the consumer fervor um, and just 
being able to pick a couple things of what can I do today that will bring joy? Even if it's just a simple, a simple question like that, which um, I know one of the things that always brings joy throughout the Christmas season is all the really great food that you eat. So we were talking about that a little bit and we're like, Hey, let's just share some of our favorite traditional Christmas foods and we'll share the recipes and maybe y'all can share some of your favorite recipes as well. So Renee, what were some of your, or are some of your favorite Christmas foods that add to the celebration? Oh, sure. Yeah. We always have plenty of those things going on. Um, Well, one thing for Christmas breakfast, it seems like every year we make homemade applesauce and uh, make sausage cheese balls. Those are the the no frills, you know, Bisquick, cheddar cheese grated and and sausage and you mush it all together and make little balls. And and that's something my own kids still, if they come back, they want to make sure we have it. And mine that are on their own and married with grandkids, you know, they make it at their house. So I feel like Yay for sausage cheese balls. It's, it's carrying on the tradition. But um, one of the, as far as if I had a recipe, I, w- I would share with folks just because A, it is so easy. It requires very few ingredients. I feel like for the, the bang for your buck that you get out of it. Um, it's also fun to make with kids because it involves unwrapping little candies that you're going to put on top of the cookie when they're finished baking. And anytime you do that with kids, you know, you have to buy extra because everyone wants to eat, you know, eat one, unwrap one, eat one, unwrap one. So this allows for, you know, plenty of snacking while you're baking. Um, but it's a little chocolate cookie recipe. They're, they're just chocolate mint cookies. And it involves melting a bag of chocolate chips and butter and brown sugar and flour. And, and so then you bake these little chocolate cookies. And when they come out of the oven, you unwrap those little, you know, those little Andes mints that are green and in the middle. They're like those little rectangles. Oh, yeah, those are great. Sometimes you get them at a restaurant when they, you know, bring you your bill. Um, so you unwrap a little Andy's mint and you put it on top of the cookie and you let it sit there for about 30 seconds and it gets all soft and squishy. Take a little Q-tip and then you just swirl it and it makes like a little frosting on the top. And it's a pretty green and chocolate color. And then you let it set and, and it'll get hard again. And they're super chewy. They're like a super chewy brownie cookie. And then you've got that mint candy frosting on top. And it's just lovely. And anyway, they're a lot of fun. In fact, this past Christmas, I um, I made a bunch of them and put them on little plates. And I had this idea that I wanted to get to know our neighbors. And because um, we were brand new and didn't know anybody. And and so um, I you know made up some plates of these cookies and we live on a, a state highway. So it's not like you just walk next door to see your neighbor and, and people don't just, you know, you don't just drive by and, and see people working out in their yard. Like it's very, very different from being in a suburban neighborhood, which is what I'm used to. So anyway, my mom's been here for 40 years and she knows quite a few people. So we got in the car and we made a list and she and I just drove up and down the road and we stopped at different houses and knocked on the door and, and she introduced me to her neighbors. And I said, hi, you know, my husband, Steve and I are new here and here's a plate of cookies. Merry Christmas. And some people kind of didn't know what to do with that. And, and I thought, well, okay, you know, nothing has really come of that, but um, I would say it was before we went on our trips, I would say probably in early August, one day, an unfamiliar car drove up in our driveway and so this is like, you know, eight months later 
And it was a couple who lives down the road and they're an elderly couple. And they stopped by and they said, we just wanted to say hi. We brought you a housewarming gift. And they brought me this beautiful plant that she had potted herself by combining different, you know, house plant things. And it's for the back porch. And so it, it was just really touching that, that they, that they did that. And I feel like, Hey, we have a friend, you know? So, um, Never underestimate the power of a plate of cookies. Take them to people. I, I want that recipe, Renee, so I can bring those to our Cersei Christmas party. Oh, there you go. Okay. I will post them yeah, on the Facebook page. That sounds and I will, I will send it to you, too. Yeah. yeah. I know. I feel like I need some right now, actually. Yeah. Like, what? Someone bring me a plate of cookies. I'll bring you a plant. <laughs> yeah. uh, Karen, what about you? We have had on Christmas morning forever i don't ever and ever cinnamon buns and we serve that with breakfast casserole which can be in the oven while we're at church in the morning um and then we have fruit we do half grapefruit but if we have a crowd then we probably do more like fruit salad because really cutting up fruit for a fruit salad isn't more work than give cutting all those grapefruits into segments, but it feels like it's maybe less work than cutting all the grapefruit segments. Anyway, involves fruit. And the cinnamon buns I have used for years comes from the recipe in Better Homes and Gardens. And uh, I love it. It's, it's uh, they, it, the recipe has milk in it. You warm the milk and then you um, have yeast and flour and sugar and egg. And it makes a really delicious, um, light, airy, yummy cinnamon roll. And so I always start those on Christmas Eve before we would go to church and have them in the fridge and then take them out of the fridge in the morning and then bake them. And then during COVID, I got into sourdough. And so um, I found somebody gave me a recipe for sourdough cinnamon rolls. So they have become a hit. And so last Christmas, I was asked to make both kinds because some of our kids have more gluten sensitivity to regular cinnamon rolls, but because of sourdough, it seems easier on their stomach. So last year was the first year I had to do two kinds, regular cinnamon rolls and gluten, I mean the um, sourdough. And now I feel like that's going to have to happen for the next eon of time. Because some people like one and some people like the other and they'll argue about which is better, but they're both really good. So now I have double the baking <laughs> to do, but it's worth it. And I have made Karen's sourdough cinnamon roll recipe. It's amazing. I feel like I would vote vote for that one. And then you kind of feel like it's healthier. Yeah. Because it's sourdough. I don't know. Yeah, it feels healthier. In fact, I've started making them once a week now. And... I just ate the last one out of the pan <laughs> Yum. from yesterday. Hey, good. So, so far I've got mint cookies and cinnamon rolls. Yeah. Like that's, just, that, that's yeah. You? I, I, I knew it was going to come to me and you guys know, we had this whole conversation about how cooking is not my favorite thing in the whole world. So one of the things that I love so much about Christmas is that everybody else cooks so much that, and there, and it's all about, um, family and friendship and hospitality. So then people invite you over and you get to eat their delicious food. And, um, I know. So if a box shows up on my doorstep with like a plate of mint cookies in it from Renee, like I would not be sad. I would not be like, Oh, why didn't she just let me make my own? Um, but I do have a recipe that we do every year and it, because it was my grandmother's recipe and I made it every single year as a little girl. And um, we would be 
I have three siblings. So all four of us would be invited up to her house and we would make, um, molasses cookies and they taste just like, they taste just like gingerbread. So they're soft, like gingerbread is. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it was the, it's a picturesque memory in my mind of standing there with your grandmother, rolling out the dough, sprinkling it with sugar. And it's a cutout recipe. So you, you cut out your cookies. Um, so I have continued that tradition and I do make that recipe every year with my, with my kids and usually invite some friends over. Um, and the dough is really delicious too. So we never make, we never cook the whole thing. You know, you kind of snack on the dough while you do it. So lest you think I'm not cooking all Christmas long, <laughs> I am cooking something. So I do cook. So while you, while you're sitting there munching on your uh, cookies and your cinnamon rolls, it seems like there's always an occasion to pull out your, your favorite Christmas books. And there's so, there's so many delightful stories and tales that have either Christmas theme or winter theme. So maybe you can just throw that, throw that out for us. Karen, what's your favorite Christmas book? Um, I think that our family have always loved the Little House on the Prairie scenes. You know, it seems like Little House in the Big Woods has a Christmas story where they get um, they get red mittens and they get an orange and they get a stick of peppermint candy and their cousins come for the day. And when it's too cold to go outside, they lie on the floor and they look at pictures and pause big green book. And so um, I think I remember that so well because we read Little House in the Big Woods so many times, but also um, they have made the Little House books into beautiful little picture books. And so there is one about Little House Christmas and my granddaughters love that. And so um, that's always one of those front and center books all year long. Um, and it, it's, it stimulates their imagination so much about what Christmas must have been like to be in a cabin in the woods with no Target nearby and no Amazon to bring you packages and to have to, to be so thrilled with a pair of mittens and an orange and one stick of peppermint candy, you know, it just, um, it's just a great thing to think about. And then there's another story. I think it's maybe in the house of the prairie where Mr. Edwards comes and he brings Christmas to uh, Christmas presents to them. And then of course there's a the long winter where it snowed so much that the train couldn't get through and burn Christmas. So there's all these um, Christmas scenes in those books that just make you feel cozy and um, make you want to put on your pinafore and your bonnet, which my girls did. <laughs> mm. All right. I feel like with Renee's favorite, we're going to move in a little bit of different direction. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> so, so our favorite is, um, my favorite, I don't know if it's my kids, but uh, they've certainly heard it at least more than once. Um, the best Christmas pageant ever is probably my favorite Christmas story. And I, I vividly remember the year reading it to my, they were five and seven at the time because I was still pregnant with number three on the way and, and reading it to them. Um, and I'm sure we must have read it before, you know, years after that. But just that idea of Christmas through the eyes of a family of children who had never been exposed to what we all considered, you know, everybody knows this, everybody knows about Mary, everybody knows about the wise men. And then you have this story of the Herdman family. And I'm sure y'all who are listening have heard of this, but if you haven't, it's wonderful um, just to, to experience Christmas through the eyes of um, 
of this this family that is, is is welcomed into the church and some people feel like they shouldn't be there and some people feel like they should and they kind of take over the Christmas pageant and um there's some great lines in there from little Gladys Herdman who's playing the the angel who says hey under you a child is born <laughs> And so um, she just shouts it out, or maybe she says Shazam, I forget. But, um, and then there was one year, my, uh, two of my daughters were actually in a little community theater production of the best Christmas pageant ever. And Katie played one of the church ladies who ran through the, the building shouting because they thought the, um, the church was on fire. It turns out the Herdman kids were in the bathroom smoking. And then my littlest daughter was one of the baby angels the little baby angel choir and she of course was adorable and uh, I still remember that because Katie when she you know when it's community theater right moms have to chip in and and make some props when needed and Katie was supposed to be carrying a cake that she thought was burned and on fire and um and I'm like, how can we picture this cake that's burned from, and how, how can we make it look authentic from far away? So um, our local grocery store at the time sold these beautiful round loaves of chocolate bread. And they were almost black. They were so dark brown with this cocoa that they were this beautiful dark brown color. And um, so I bought one of those and I hot glued it into a cake pan. And then to make it look really good, I spray varnished it. And I was so proud of my little prop. And the next day we woke up and our chocolate Labrador had eaten the whole thing, varnish and all. <laughs> so I think we had to start over from scratch. But yeah, that's just a great I think that story goes along perfectly with the best Christmas pageant ever, though. It does. I mean, it, does. it just somehow, like, if you have not read or listened to that story, we listen to it like on audio yeah. every Christmas because... It's so, it's so good. And I definitely tear up at the end. I do. I do every time. If you don't tear up, although my goodness, and it's short, (laughs) you you can read it in a couple of nights or, um, you know, it's really not that long. It's not going to take hours and hours of your time, but I would highly recommend it. It's a good one. Okay. So when I was thinking about it, I, all these picture books kept coming to mind. So I guess it was when my, when my kids were a little bit littler. Than they are now. Um, and we do have one of the all-time favorites in the family is a book called Santa Calls. And when my husband was a child, his parents read it to him every single Christmas. So when our oldest, who's 16 now, when he was a baby, my husband's parents gave us a copy of the book for his first Christmas. And so we've read it to our kids every single every single year, Santa Calls. It is a great story about sibling affection and learning to, um, during the Christmas season, learning to have a care and kindness when some sibling rivalry was happening. So that's one of our favorites we read every year. And then um, Tolkien's Letters from Father Christmas is hilarious. So if you've not read Letters from Father Christmas, so he wrote these letters, Tolkien wrote these letters to his own children and illustrated them as well. So they're copies of his letters compiled into a book. And it's this ongoing story that he wrote, I don't know, 10 plus years. And he only sent these letters to his children at Christmas time. So the story only continued at Christmas. 
So it's just this compilation of letters. And it's so funny because there's this polar bear who's always getting into trouble and pranks happen and problems happen and the gifts are not sent out in time from the North Pole. And so that's a really fun one. And then um, a couple others that are not Christmas books, but they're probably our favorite winter books. So we read them during Christmas. We have a huge, a huge stack of Christmas books that we pull out. Um, and my big kids still love these picture books. So I just pull out like this whole box of picture books and they'll sit down and even my 14 year olds and 16 year olds, they'll sit there and read these picture books. Um, is clown of God, which I, I do actually cry at the end of clown of God every single time. Um, and brave Irene. So if you've not read brave Irene or clown of God, definitely, definitely worth picking up, um, during this Christmas season. So the last question I, I had was, maybe a little bit more of a serious nature of, and it's one that many of my own friends um, kind of have posed and we've had conversations about of how do you hold fast to, um, to the faith or the belief of the meaning of the season when in our day and age, the consumer celebration is just so front and center. So what was that like either for your own family or just wise thoughts you have as we are in the midst of this celebration and feasting, but knowing that there is a great depth and a great holy meaning to it? Um, one, one thing I think is um, focusing on what Advent is, you know, that we can like so many families, they have Advent calendars where, you know, behind every little page or door, there's a, there might be a candy or there might be something that helps a child to mark the time from December 1st to the 25th. And that's, that's really helpful. But I think going beyond that and understanding that Advent is a season, it's a season in the church calendar as well, just in, you know, our yearly calendar typically where we're looking forward to the coming of Christ. And if we can focus on that, and so some, that really helps. And one way to do that is by with an Advent um, candle wreath on your table, where each week you light an, a candle and then um, you have four. And then on Christmas, you light the fifth center candle. Or I've seen Advent can, candles where there's there's actually room for 25 little taper candles on it. And so something physical like that, that helps children realize that we're actually waiting for something. And it's not just the presence, you know, we're waiting for the coming of Christ and we're marking time in a way that we read, maybe we read particular readings um, through the period of Advent, or um, we go to church more frequently, we sing hymns, the, the, the kind of the, what's the word, the devotional life of the church and the home kind of changes a little bit. We, we mark that, we celebrate that. That's helpful. I love that. I, I like the, the devotional life. And I think that's something that is good for us as moms to think about how we can carry that through that it's Christmas is more than just one day. And um, to try to carry that whole season along, I mean, whether it's, um, starting to make special foods and, and visiting people and um, being reminded of special friendships. I mean, 
send, send Christmas cards, people. <laughs> they're, they're valued. I mean, it, it's so easy to send an email, I know, but we love getting cards and pictures and, and even the newsletters and finding what our friends have been up to. And just that uh, reminder that we're part of a larger community. Um, and, and I would agree being part of a, a church body that worships and, and attending regularly. I can't stress that enough because that, that is forming something in us and in our children. Um, so however your particular um, body of believers celebrates the Christmas season, it's important to be a part of that, um, whatever that looks like in your family. I know we always had the traditional lessons and carols on Christmas Eve, um, which is a beautiful you know, celebration with the songs. And of course, it always ends with silent night and they turn the church lights off and you light your little candle from the neighbor's candle and you always cross your fingers that you know nobody's going to light something on fire. And so far, I don't think anyone ever has, but um, it's just beautiful. And uh, in our family, we read the Christmas story on Christmas morning. And my husband reads it before we open the presents, just as a reminder of what, what is important. But, um, but it's also a time to have a lot of fun, right? I mean, we're feasting. And, and as Christians, we're joyful because we're celebrating something important that God did. And, and he gave us the most wonderful gift. And we, in turn, mirror that by giving gifts to people we love and care about. And um, because we want them to know how valuable and wonderful they are to us and how important it is to spend time with them and, um, and just how special that is. But I also, you know, would also put in a word here too. Um, and I, I think we, we talked about this a little earlier before we started that to give our older kids a lot of grace and flexibility and room to celebrate Christmas with their families in the whatever way they want to or need to, or, or, you know, it's not like Christmas here at grandma's is a command performance, right? We'd love to have you. We want you here, but we also understand that maybe you want to do something at your own house, or maybe you have another grandparent that, that you'd rather be with on this particular day. We understand that, you know, there's, there's ways we could work around that. And so um, just, you know, let's, let's not get all tied up in, in details and drama and uh, we can always find a way to make things work. So. That's, that's true indeed. Yeah. I love that. My, my grown kids want to have their own Christmas morning traditions and then come over or, you know, even right now this week, we've been talking about who's, who's going where on Christmas Eve. And, you know, because of course everybody has, they want to be with us, but they also want to be with the in-laws. And so what time are we all going to be together and how's, what's that going to look like? And you really have to be just giving and say, you all need to do what you need to do. And we're here. And when you can all be here, we'll just enjoy all of that. But, you know, I know the whole thing is bigger than us. Yeah. It makes everybody, it makes it a lot easier. And maybe that's, that's a good word to close on is we know that we know the whole thing is bigger than us. And maybe that's just, that's the beauty of the celebration and the feast, the longing, the waiting, all of the, all of the things that entail um, a holy Christmas celebration is that we know that it is bigger than us. And, but there's such a joy in celebrating the, the bigness of the God of the universe becoming a baby. And as moms, there's, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of beauty in the celebration of the baby that saved the world. On that, we pray that your Christmas is blessed, that your family celebration is full of joy, and here's to home.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.